Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to do our season four wrap up episode. Uh, Aaron, that means a lot of feedback from what I hear. How are we looking there? Yeah, we got a lot of feedback, uh, but it's so much. There's no way I could read all the feedback. Uh, fortunately, yeah. as you can imagine, a lot of feedback had very similar themes, tenor, tone, that kind of stuff. Um so we'll get we'll get to all that. I, I do apologize for this being a little tardy. Uh, we're supposed to come out with this last week, but we had uh, kind of a schedule uh, screwball thrown at us. So we had to push out a week um, and I'm going to read as much as I can. I got a hard out. I got to go uh, record the a Rings of Power podcast with our buddies, the Lorehounds uh, at a particular date. So I'm going to read as many as I can get in. I think we'll have a nice sized, healthy feedback section. We're trying to figure out what the hell happened. I want to start things off with Al Chalant. Uh, of course, Westworld at baldmove.com is where you send feedback. I don't know why you would, because you will not get a response for like two and a half years, however long it takes for <laughs> the, the Nolans and Joys of the World to get into the season. Maybe but ever. Maybe ever. You know, you know, they have, uh, they it's, renewed yet? it's just for future reference. Put it under your contacts as uh, under bald move. So when, when you do get suckered into season five, uh, Al Shalant says, I need some good vibes and a lot of hope for season five. I'm worried that the new cycle doubting the renewal is going to kill the show. It's very disappointing. I need some good vibes and hopeful coverage. All right. Here's what I can do, Al. I've divided the mailbag into the good, the questions and the bad. And if, if, if you're looking for good vibes only, you might want to pull the ripcord when we head to the bad <laughs> section. Uh, and I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. that the, it's a kind of a tip of the iceberg situation with the good. So, uh, but uh, there's, there's, there's definitely a lot of praise here. And I will say, I want well, to keep things super positive, but I'm also a very, I'm a realist. I'm a realist mm-hmm. that likes to soberly look at the facts. And I'm a person who's had my heart dashed before. They canceled Firefly. Uh, did you all know that The Expanse has three other awesome books that could be adapted into a banger television franchise? And that's just not going to happen, apparently. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I like to look at the shot when the person's giving it to me. Uh, I don't like to look away. So I will say, I think it's scary that we are now two weeks Going in two weeks post Westworld, Lisa Joy has been telling anyone who will listen, I've got a fifth season. Oh, boy, this this wasn't the finale. I, I, I got a fifth season. I really want a fifth season. I hope, I hope, I hope I get a fifth season. Mm-hmm. And there has been crickets from the other side. What do you I think, Jim? I think, if I had to guess, that they are just figuring out the future of streaming. 
for Discovery slash Warner slash HBO slash HBO Max. <laughs> All those, you know, powers of be are converging there. I, I think what they're doing is, I, I don't think this is necessarily a bad sign. I think it's just okay. they're they're rearranging, you know, well, I was going to say rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. That's a bad <laughs> analogy. It doesn't uh-huh. inspire much hope. Um, uh-huh. But you know what I mean? They're they're trying to to sort through what they've got, figure out what their strategy for the future is going to be exactly, and then they will start doing renewals or cancellations. So, I think if we don't hear anything in the next like couple of months, then you can start to say, well, this is probably just not going to get a season five. Yeah, I figure like there's always end of year investment calls where we get a lot of some of this nitty gritty stuff. So like we if if I don't I don't think we'll I don't think the HBO will ever say we're not going to do right HBO season five in advance of having to be, say that they just won't so we, say. They won't it. say they're renewing, but it'll come out in some kind of investor call, I'm sure. And I, the the, the one thing in its favor. Is I think from Warner Brothers' perspective, they would love to preserve the working creative relationship between particularly Jonathan Nolan and also Lisa Joy and, and keep those, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know. But they're also jumping ship to another. Well, that's kind of HBO's thing, right? They work yeah. with the, the same quality creators over and over again. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I would hope they would want to preserve that. But is it worth however many millions of dollars to make another season just to preserve? Well, and they also could say like, Hey, yeah, we'd love to have you do season five. Can you get it done for 20 million total? Yeah. And they say, not, not, are you kidding? Yeah. What year or, or, do you or 15 think we million or yeah. Yeah. It's all in the simulation. We're just going to shoot it on the streets of New York. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, uh-huh. And I, I, I don't, it, so it could be like one of that where they, they low ball and like, well, you can do a four episode or a mini series or something like that conclusion. I don't know. I, I hope, cause I, I said as, as, as disappointed as I am in the finale and I am disappointed in the finale. I've also mm-hmm. thought about it a lot more and I'm like, the big complaint I have about the finale is it kicks a lot of things that we were curious about necessarily to next year. So it's entirely possible that the whole, you know, Maeve copy and cookie copy and mm-hmm. all of this stuff is going to make sense as soon as we see the premiere next season or by, but certainly by the end of next season. Yeah. Um, it's just frustrating that they decided to. Because every other season of Westworld, I think, has done a good job at fully resolving the open issues from that season while still leaving room for, you know, narrative runway. At this, it just felt like, boom, the road just ended. The construction and just like, well, come back in two years when we finish this highway to take you to your destination. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pushback lately against... um television show creators who try and state, well, we wanted to make a 50 hour movie, a 60 hour movie out of this television show. And that's what this felt like. Like this was Mm. not a a logical breakdown, uh, a chunked sort of story. It was more like, well, we're just going to tell these last two seasons as a single story. And yeah, it left me feeling very, empty very like adrift without the answers that i wanted yeah especially since i feel like a lot of the you know some of the the genre stuff we've gotten of late hasn't wrapped up extraordinarily well you know um, game of thrones yeah game of thrones is like looming in people's mind i even think like i cut the expanse because i think the expanse ended very well it's just it it rankled a lot of people that we know that 
there was a lot more huge open questions that I, you know, right or wrong season six decided to open knowing that yep. we probably wouldn't get answers. So like, yeah, I, I, w- I would love to see a sci-fiction, science fiction fantasy show kind of like crush it. And I haven't seen one since like what Westworld. Yeah, the boys did not have a great. Finale. I'm not that's sorry, well, Westworld. I, I'm not saying Westworld. I'm, I'm uh, the leftovers, Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know those are pretty sad. But like we're talking pre-pandemic, man. <laughs> right. Uh, Star Wars kind of shit to bed. Some of the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. especially on the Dis- Disney Plus. If we're being honest, we're being real. Some of the the you know roses falling off that bloom. Although I don't know. I've heard the Miss Marvel and She-Hulk are pretty good. I so I yeah I I think we we want good science fiction to succeed. Um, we are getting some good science fiction. Yeah, and Star I think Trek's Westworld can worlds. Yeah, Severance is good mm-hmm. science fiction in the vein of kind of Westworld. I yeah I I, I think we are eating good still. Uh, Foundation uh, has got has got got the potential to be great. Um, mm-hmm. I just hope Westworld gets there because again it's a it's a fascinating show. So here's the praise, Al. We got first up, Melissa says, thanks for your continued coverage of Westworld. Naturally. I wasn't sure if you guys were still going to be doing uh, this after season three. I've been following you on this podcast ever since season one. I just wanted to write to you today to say I actually liked the end of Westworld season four. To me, it made me think of simulation theory and how some scientists think that it's possible to create a simulation with sentience that increases our chances. Uh, then this increases our chances that we're actually in a simulation. Reminded me of the scene in Devs where the characters finally successfully create a simulation of the world and we have them play back on a large screen of their reality just a few seconds in the future. I feel like at the end we are watching Dolores begin another loop of her creation of Westworld and would ultimately progress the same way as it had the first time, then entering a new simulation and regressing infinitely. I'll actually be kind of bummed as much as I like to show if they do eventually do a season five, because I feel like this is a perfect ending to the show. I didn't love everything they did in the last couple of episodes, but I think that this is a nice way to complete the story. I broadly agree with Melissa here. If we don't get a season five, one thing I'm absolutely going to do is do a full series rewatch of Westworld. And I bet it hangs together really, really well as like this tragic loop that, life on earth it's found itself stuck in uh you know of always thinking that oh we got to run that final test and the final test evolves into madness and then there's all it's like in very much like a matrix kind of way the machines mm-hmm. have always destroyed zion yeah um but i i i'm not willing to embrace that until i know we're going to get a season 5 or not you know yeah and i i mean i there are definitely things i want to see i don't know that there are things that i have to see right like i want to see more of the sublime i want to know what that world looks like do i have to see it for the show to work no i can just know that there's a world out there for the the evolved host um and that can be that i do think that does doom westworld to a niche show though like in a way that if season five comes out and not only make season four amazing in retrospect, which I think would do a long way to rehabilitate two and three too, where if the reputation gets uh-huh. out, it's like, look, it, it's a long way to get there, but Westworld got to a level that a few other shows did in that finale season. That's a completely different legacy than like if they just ended here and it's like, well, actually, it's a really yeah. cool recursive loop. Nobody is going to be super excited to do that experience, I don't think. Even yeah, if the journey right. is amazing. God, I. <laughs> and the journey is not even that feel... amazing half of the time. Right, right. 
it, it feels to me like maybe this show should have had one season and be done because season one was incredible and it yeah. ended in one of the most amazing finales I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and if they had left it there, I I think that works just as well I, mm-hmm. to me, but I don't know. We have a lot more of it. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Micah C. says, unlike you guys, I think the reveals about Christina's reality in this episode mostly worked on a thematic and emotional level, even if the execution was a little Tyler Durden-y. Her long awakening throughout the season was uh, to a sense of empathy for humans, the humans she was controlling, i.e. Peter was in an antagonizing projection of her guilt over his misery and death in the world that she had created. This in turn reminded me of the empathy Lee developed for the host that he had directed. Also, since I'm a sucker for all kinds of personifications, I thought it was cool to think of Christina as a personification of Jung's theory of the collective unconscious, the bank of recurring images, stories, and archetypes that are common to most cultures and mythologies on a seemingly instinctual level. When Hale transferred her marble into the sublime with the name The Storyteller, the collective archetypal vibes just kept getting stronger. That makes a lot of sense. I think mm-hmm. that this last game or test will be to see if humans should be resurrected from Christina's memories into an evolved host-human hybrid existence at some point in the future. Maybe we should become as much of a god as Ford was in the final season. I mean, yeah. you got to understand that science fiction, when they're dealing with these kind of subjects, can really fucking swing for the fences. Like, there's a short story, I can't remember if it's Clark or Asimov or hell, it could be Bradbury, where man invented a computer to answer the question of what is the meaning of life. 
and it 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 tells a story of this culture waiting and it says wow um, I'm gonna have to think about that for a while, and it like goes away for like a hundred thousand years processing, mm-hmm. and it finally wakes up, and the descendants are there, and it's like, okay, here's the deal: I cannot answer this question, but I can build the computer that can. <laughs> and man, maybe I'm mashing up two different stories, but anyway, they they do the, the and, and they, they another unimaginable huge period of time goes past and it keeps calculating keeps and it's like it, it it's at, at the very last heat death of the universe it arrives at the answer and the next line le- reads let there be light as if like the to to gotcha. to answer the question was to restart the universe and play it all again yeah now is that stupid i certainly as a 13 year old reading that thought that was the most fucking metal thing i'd ever read and it was so cool and sure. so rewarding but like I mean, could they pull that? Like, I don't know that that works if I spent 40 hours to get there. And like, if they pull yeah. a Dolores, let there be lighting. That is a cool idea. But oh, my God, I don't know that we needed five seasons to get there. I was hoping that Joy and Nolan had something really profound to say about the human condition. And maybe it is. Maybe it's just um, like the free will determinism stuff that's still kind of blowing my mind and fucking with me. Maybe, maybe it's just like kicking that door open, but like, I guess I was hoping for more. Well, yeah. And I was hoping for more from the reveal that Dolores was just Dolores trying uh, all the people in her world were Dolores. I, it it was just an underwhelming reveal to me. It's not that like it wasn't thematically appropriate. I get it. I Uh just, I was expecting something more from the show because they've done this trickery so many times Mm. that when they do it, I expect it to be a big reveal. And this wasn't, yeah. this was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I felt like if the, the yeah, the, the, the finale is complete failure to blow my mind is what makes yeah. me think that I'm skeptical of them doing a, let there be light type of moment, you know, because right. I just feel like it won't, it won't land because none of the stuff they did, I think in this episode, other than the father daughter things um, and some of the, you know, the, in the, la- in the last few episodes, the stuff that really worked was like Bernard and Maeve and, you know, Caleb and, and Frankie and Frankie and Maeve, those like relationships of these sketched out archetypal characters kind of worked and nothing else. All the lore and world building was just a bunch of question marks and head scratching. So I, I do think that collective consciousness idea is, is a cool idea uh-huh. Um, it's just, did I need eight episodes to reveal that she's a sort of collective consciousness? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's wild because like, okay, it taught Christina empathy, but Dolores had achieved that at the end of last so feel season. Like retreading old ground too. Yeah. Yeah. And the only excuse is, well, the other one is deleted. So, right. Um, anyway, uh, another good Nick from PA says, I think the Clementine Caleb Kerfluffle stellar alliteration there was one of the best fights of the series. It was short, but fantastic. And cookie puts Mm -hmm. an exclamation mark on the scene. The lines, nice shot. My dad taught me were epic, but right before if Clementine had said time to die and her best Rutger Hauer voice, I might have orgasmed. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I got a Blade Runner fan here. I agree. Uh, Watching Westworld. Who thought? Yeah. Fantastic Uh, fight. The funny thing is, he says, I still have 20 minutes to go. He sent this mid finale. So I've got 20 minutes to the mm. end of the series, but so far I'm loving it. All right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the wheels fell off uh, the last 20 minutes or so. But anyway, um, I agree. But 
unfortunately, just two episodes before they showed this girl who's the dead eyed shot host right between the eyes, you know, dumped her entire magazine into a host chest from 10 feet away and then looked at the gun like, and I was (laughs) like, I just sometimes feel like they don't watch their own show or they're just for as long as they take the right to stuff. It's it's the they, how do they nail the hard stuff and they fuck up the what I think is relatively easy storytelling things like yeah. setting up a compelling scene that is fully integrated with the other scenes that you had in just to see I'm not expecting from like previous seasons I'm talking about in this one season mm-hmm. um, the little girl shoots the guy dead between the eyes the adult woman does but does the same adult woman doesn't in the other circumstance and I don't know. Um, and then we have to go headcanon stuff like, oh, well, he's a host, so maybe he would have been able to dodge, and so she has to aim center mass to hit him at all, or like, right? And that's you know, we're Clementine by surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is, and yeah. So let's move on to the questions. These are not good nor bad. They're just uh, talking about uh, open-ended theories, uh, questions that are left uh, unanswered, um, you know, themes that weren't addressed. Starting off with Jessica S at eight. 39 in the season finale, Hale walks into the demolished tower room where there are two dead bodies on the floor. You can't really tell who either are. The camera pans over them quickly. Uh, one body would be Bernard, but who's the other one? Bernard was alone with the uh, host in black in the tower room and he was shot. It's I. Maeve. It can't be Maeve. It's absolutely Maeve. Yeah, if you look at it. Is it really? Uh huh. Yeah, th- th- that's what I was talking about in the finale episode where there was some fuckery there there's all kinds of weird stuff happening in this episode and that's one of them yeah you see that okay. body up there it's it almost certainly Maeve it looks identical how did she get up there like did he copy Maeve into Dolores's marble at the last minute and that's how <laughs> But like at this point, who cares if he did? Like that's so stupid to not to, to not <laughs> directly address that. So okay, yeah, there. That's just another thing we're just going to wait till next season. I think uh, so. Yeah, there. And and some people have headcanon this as like, okay, well, Shaloris. But wait, she was dead in the daytime level, right? She was dead in the daytime, or she was was Maeve on the floor in the daytime or nighttime scene. I, well, the one I'm talking about is when Hale is reconstructed and goes up to the tower to, to yeah. see the damage and all that stuff. Yeah. Both Bernard and, and Maeve are laying on the floor there. And the implication is that Maeve's body was like Hale had moved Maeve's body up to the tower. Although I have no idea why she would do that. But that's like people's headcanon on this. Or is that a timeline where Maeve exactly it could stayed be with Bernard? Yeah, simulation stuff like it's because mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird inconsistencies in those scenes. Yeah, we talked about the day night. Re- yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, this is an incomplete assignment. This is like the first mm-hmm. Dune movie where you know, like you refuse to say the first Dune movie is good. Until you until see, the see the second, because like, yeah. yeah, whereas I'm I've read the book and I kind of like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I can't imagine them fucking it up. But fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, I'm like, I haven't I don't know what they're doing in season five. And, um, you know, like that makes the recursion a little bit less satisfying if they have all these breadcrumbs that, you know. And, yeah. It also completely makes the scene if they don't get another season, it completely makes the scene after season two of the man in blacks. uh Right. Supposedly final fidelity check at that. That's just, uh, that's just, that's just tears and rain, baby. 
Yep. We're going to go the Rutger Hauer of it all. <laughs> uh, John G., a resonant Pentateuch theorist, says, uh, one, drew our attention to an article on The Wrap where um, Lisa Joy answered a lot of questions. And one of them that I found infuriating was the following. They, she was asked, so is Christine Dolores, Joy says, kind of. We actually had a shot of the end at the end of the third season where you see them dragging off Dolores's body. Joy said the man in black drags it out for Charlotte. So it's like they kind of reconstituted her pearl and made her active again in terms of her mind. So this is this is why I think this is infuriating. Uh They don't have to do that. Hale can just remember Dolores. Do they not watch their own show? You said in a preseason interview or no, a postseason season three interview that the Dolores that we saw in that body is absolutely gone and is deleted. So, number one, I never believed that because I think you guys are lying half the time you're doing press stuff. But like this is just a horseshit answer. Because this whole season has been, it doesn't matter if you've got a marble or a bat. If one of these superhuman consciousnesses remembers you, you're not dead. Yeah. That was the whole fucking point. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is this? What is this? Reconstituted marble bullshit. I mean, maybe when they say reconstituted, they don't mean like, oh, we had the memories backed up in Rehoboam or whatever, which was also destroyed. But maybe they mean like reconstituted in the sense that Hale put memories back into just her marble hardware to, yeah, but to like what in? Like, is there marble, marble? Is there marble special in, in the tower, but they used her yeah. body for Hale. Um, yeah, but I don't know why her marble would be special without, I wouldn't think so. I don't think Dolores has a special mar- I thought, felt like that was recreated at some point too. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, but that's like, yeah, I just like, man, I see something like that and I'm, I feel like I'm losing my mind, but maybe I, maybe I'm not understanding where they're going properly either. Yeah. Uh, Charlie V says, I wouldn't read any meaning into the multiple fades to black. You know, you and I talked about these weird edit points, mm-hmm. uh, cause most, if not all were for commercial breaks. I'm an American living in Dublin, Ireland. I watched season four on the UK-based cable channel called Sky Atlantic, which airs many of HBO's shows. The Fades to Black, y'all mentioned, are where the commercials were placed. This is true for all the episodes in Season 4. I haven't gone back and rewatched the previous seasons, but this is the first season I've noticed deliberate act breaks for commercials as obvious as this. The commercial breaks may have relevance for the viability of a fifth season. While the U.S. TV ratings and HBO Max viewership numbers are important metrics of success, so are international sales. There's a key revenue stream for many U.S.-based TV shows. In fact, many U.S.-created prestige shows are partially funded via complex co-production deals in which foreign broadcasters get exclusive day-and-date broadcast rights. Yeah, we've seen that. Like One of our favorites is The New Pope and The Young Pope. That was like a sea mm-hmm. anal a canal or whatever. That was one of those big, big uh, uh, conglomerate type of uh, joint operations. Uh, he continues having a fresh from the U S a term that international broadcaster use in their own subscriber marketing content is an important selling point for these channels to their subscribers who perceive us based TV shows as bigger budget and higher quality. <laughs> kind of like the NPR crowd does with BBC. It's like you throw that shit out on PBS and oh my God, oh my God, it's the best stuff on television. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I do love my Downton Abbey. Uh, Westworld is also owned by Warner Brothers Television Studios, so any international sales revenues would flow back that same company, making the show more profitable. 
I have no idea what kind of international sales Westworld makes, so I don't know if all this is significant enough to make a fifth season more likely. At the same time, it's an interesting wrinkle to consider. I agree. It's not like we just have to worry about the million people watching on HBO Max, right? There's, oh, there's money no. being brought yeah. in worldwide, it looks like. Just as, as somebody who doesn't watch terrestrial television or cable or whatever anymore, or mm-hmm. honestly anything with ads in it, um, it's really jarring. Like the bear had some really jarring cuts like that where it would fade to black quickly and then fade right back up in the same moment, like the same scene. So it, that's another one of those commercial breaks, right? It is. Yeah. But it's because really Hulu, jarring when you don't get a commercial there. Yeah. It feels like, so and I know we're, um, you know, like, like if we cut our podcasts, uh, to, to more better fit the commercials, we don't bother to do this actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, if, if we had to like, uh, Hey, we'll be right back and, uh, we're right back now. And there's no ad that ran there. It would kind of be a weird listening experience, but we do that because we're a small scale podcasting operation. We don't have the technology to like buffer that stuff in and out. I can't believe that Hulu and HBO max doesn't have a solution for this, right? Like, can you not put in a quarter second fade to black on the advertiser end? Right. Like, yeah. Damn. I mean, I get like making marking suggested places to put ads. I guess I'm I'm advocating for them to do what we do now, which is just hard cut the commercial. You know, no, it's, it's it's probably an issue that like they don't get a separate cut of it from the like FX is the one who runs the bear. Right. Yeah. So like FX sells commercials on their content and then mm-hmm. Hulu runs it day and date. But like mm-hmm. they're cutting their shows for television. Uh, and then they just hand over that cut to Hulu, I guess. Who Isn't that bass backwards? Shouldn't they take the print, so, yeah. cut, throw it to eight, and then edit it for commercials for the people that need it? Or vice yeah, versa? Yeah, would make two cuts, but... Hire a they, fucking intern well, to splice here, out those seconds of, of black, you know? Here's the other wrinkle. Hulu has two tiers of service, one with ads, one without. So Hulu's going to get, I guess, one cut from oh, the studio that's going to See, have commercial breaks. Yes. They're going to use that for their ad-based tier and then for their ad-free tier, you're just going to get a weird cut. So we can solve this. This is something I, I say every year <laughs> to our podcasting solved. to our podcasting hosts. Every single time they ask, like, what kind of features looking for? You know what would be a killer feature? If before our commercial breaks that you we, we digitally mark, we could put a small slot, no more than 30 seconds, for transitions. Sure. And that way, if there's no commercials, you just don't play the transitions. Like, yeah. this is, they're already queuing up and deciding whether to show you commercials based on whether you've paid them 15 bucks a month or $7.99. Why the fuck yeah. can't they just put in that little, like, fade to black if it's so goddamn necessary? Like, yeah, just, it's, and you, it's, it's not going to take up any space to do these little, little transition things. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it really has gotten in the way of the art because I noticed that on the bear too. Uh-huh. Like I like yeah. these shows despite it, but holy hell, it's like, yeah, it's it's an easily solvable problem. It's just a it's a logistics thing, right? Like you, they're coordinating with studios who are making the content for a platform, and they have an idea in mind of how this should work, and then. <laughs> The streaming platforms have another idea. It's all just a jumble. Is this is this what Westworld fans want out of a wrap up podcast? Or like an in depth? Is this what is? Yeah. Okay. This is proof we're living in a simulation. The fact that nobody can get <laughs> ad breaks right. 
which is even funnier. What's even funnier, they don't even bother to fix it in the simulation. Uh-huh. All right. T. Nelson says, several podcasts, a question was asked about what happened to Lawrence and the other Dolores Pearls from season three. Please see this article below from Screen Rant. They say, in Westworld season four, episode four, Generation Loss, might explain what became of Lawrence, Hanaro, and any of the other wandering hosts who had reached the wor- real world. When Tandaway Newton's Mave is engaging Ed Harris's Man in Black and host-on-host showdown, the later chides, there's no us anymore. There's just you. All your friends, they're gone. I took care of them myself. The Man in Black doesn't drop any names here, but the line implies that somewhere between Westworld Season 3 and 4, he embarked on a killing spree, taking out every single host not under Harlot Shale's... Harlot Shale. (laughs) (laughs) Charlotte Uh Hale's control. Westworld already showed how he tracked down and killed Clementine. Lawrence and Hanyaro... Hanario were likely on that very same hit list. So it's essentially okay. he's Darth Vadering the last remaining Jedi. Sure. Okay. I think that is maybe need to un- like might maybe underline that at some point in the season because like we we've been we've been playing like where's the marble this whole time. Uh but then again, I don't know. I guess you show not tell and then they do that and then you bitch at him for not t- showing or telling. Right, right. Yeah, it's fine. It's not super important. So no more. Well, I mean, now ever since it, that's yeah. So it's all irrelevant now. But um, I mm-hmm. guess they clean that up for us. Adam in Cincinnati, fellow Queen Cityer, says, "Am I the only one who doesn't understand the host attachment to their human bodies or the problems humans seem to have when they realize they're in host bodies?" I would jump at the chance to put my mind in a nanite, nanite swarm or a massive spider robot or a pterodactyl or something. Print me up a house cat to pop into or something to go explore the bottom of the oceans. Hell, as a non-binary person, even just being able to easily swap back and forth between male and female body types when the whim struck me would also be nice. The hosts have true mind-body duality in a way our meat brains don't seem to allow, and they just squander it. The way the hosts seem to posit minds get uncomfortable swapping bodies just feels unusual to me. Have I read too much K.A. Applegate and I.N.M. Banks that I'm the outlier here? Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm down for all that. It's interesting because, like, you know, and I know there's a lot more to it. This is like a very um, elementary take on the situation. But, like, I think of, like, you you look at all the the pain and suffering that uh, trans people, uh, maybe not like yourself, but others, get being, you know, quote unquote, born in the wrong body or having to mismatch brain body chemistry, hormonal things, whatever it is, it seems to provide and make them very uncomfortable to the point that increases their rate of suicide. And it's not I don't think it's just because of the oppression they get from society. I think there's also like a a physical uh, not well-being in that situation without Mm -hmm. without it being, you know, ameliorated. Um, I, I, I guess. I kind of with you and Jim and now I'm like, yeah, fucking pterodactyl put me in space worm put me in. But like, what if it doesn't feel right? What if it feels like tinnitus or tinnitus only worse? Like tinnitus doesn't sound like that bad, right? It's just sure. it's just a kind of a ringing sure. in your ear until it's 24 seven, 365 for the rest of your fucking life. Um, I, I don't know. Like, what if it just feels wrong to be in the wrong shape of a body and in like a I have no mouth and I cannot scream kind of way? Yeah, which is not a huge problem for getting in the pterodactyl body if you're a host, right? Because you're just like, well, pop me out back into my old body. I don't like this. But if you're a human going into a host body, there's no way back. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that being a torture. 
So I'd, I'd say I take your point, Adam, but I also think that like, yeah, there's definitely uh, room for this just not to be comfy and it be kind of like it can be anywhere from like a, no, a mild annoyance to like literally living hell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how how would you know? Like it could be like like imagine like the the how much research and, and money we spent to try to solve like phantom limb syndrome for people. Yeah. Like this could be like phantom everything syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, Um. But, uh, yeah, I, I would like to get to the transhuman future. I'm just saying that, like, I'll, I'll give the storytellers room to let people be squicked out by being shoved into different bodies and stuff. Because it seems like there's real life analogs. Um, Leah H says, I, I always enjoy when you share biblical references or talk about your religious upbringing. Well, thank you. I'm Jewish. And growing up, I was much more involved than you are now or than I am now. And youth groups taught Sunday school, the whole thing. It's interesting to hear the Christian interpretation of what Moses did wrong in getting water from the rock that prevented him from entering the promised land. You said it was he didn't give credit to God where credit was due. I'd never heard that. We were always taught it was the fact that he strikes the rock where God had told him to simply speak to the rock. Instead, he hits it, hits it twice, and it's the violence that's the problem here. By being Hmm. unnecessarily violent, Moses shows us he's not ready for or right for the promised land where the hope is to establish a society of peace and prosperity and true freedom as soon as we exterminate the other tribes that live there. Uh, (laughs) I think. I don't know. I could Uh could be wrong, but I I think there was a conquering of the promised land involved. There were other people lived there first, but uh, yeah, we don't want to strike the rock. Uh, Obviously, this is more direct resonance with Westworld, and it seems of violence and transcendence, these violent delights of violent heads, etc. Just thought you might find it interesting that the Pentateuch theory continues to pan out. No, that's super interesting. And uh, I also would hasten to add that I'm not sure if like a Catholic or any other Anglo-Saxon Protestant type would agree with that. Inter- that might be a weird Jehovah's Witness thing. Cause that's uh, every time someone says like, sure. oh, I never thought I'm like, shit, is this another weird witness thing? Um, but yeah, yeah that's how so many. I, yeah, yeah. It's too many to keep track of. So, uh, but that's an interesting point. And I do think it tracks a little bit better with the Pentateuch theory that like, it's, if you can't resolve things with words, then you don't get, you know, to hang with the older kids in the kitty club. Right. Sure. You still need to learn to keep your hands to yourself and all that. It's a, that's an interesting take on it. Uh, Caitlin says in season one, Dolores had a Wyatt as a personality added to her code so that in Evan Rachel Wood's early performances, she's often shifting to distinguished two. Then in season two, Dolores is killed and rebuilt in the Hale's body. So she has some experience pretending to be Charlotte herself before we see her in season three with a new Dolores in a Charlotte body. The question about Dolores Uh, I thought with your computer backgrounds, you would be able to explain this better than me. We've got all your religious and computer backgrounds sorted, man. Those Mm -hmm. we we got some depth in these fields. Uh, Would Hale not have been able to upload a version of Dolores into a Pearl based on her code? The way we see Bernard often look up or hook up tablets to himself and sort of back up or copy everything from any moment of time she chose. In the specific case, if you were aiming for Dolores, most closely resembling the whole Dolores we knew in season three, could she not copy her data all the way up to the moment that this hail was created? Or if you want to put pure rancher's daughter, wish to see the beauty of Dolores, could Christina be what modern Westworld Dolores uh, without Wyatt looks like? See, that was one of my early theories. Remember I had a theory of like Hale's trying to gently usher in a consciousness to a host, but that was a bullshit theory that was wrong. Uh, Apparently. Because she was just uh, the, 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 the 
you know, operating system running the fly network. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's really only one thing that's required, you know, aside from a, a device to do the copying, which I assume they will always have. Uh, and that's access, right? Like she mm-hmm. can't make a copy of a version of Dolores that she hasn't had access to. Mm-hmm. So as long as Dolores is within her sphere of influence, I guess, yeah, she could have made a copy of any moment uh, of her at any moment. And uh, which is why so, I find it hard to believe that there would be anything left to copy at the end of season three, because Dolores right. has not been within. I mean, the the only thing you could say is that like Rehoboam made a copy of her before they started deleting memories. And if you want to reconstitute it from that, you could. But Rehoboam also deleted itself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or was just thoroughly destroyed. I can't remember how it was annihilated. Uh, did, did, but it was, uh, did, uh, Caleb turned it off. Just like commanded it to turn itself off? Or did Believe he delete, so, right? delete everything? I think it was like it probably destroyed in the right, subsequent riot and everything, like even the hardware. But mm-hmm. I thought like there was a button he pushed that just terminated it somehow, like in a permanent way. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they made a copy of her there and they reconstituted Dolores from that. But, but I, you know, so like it's the, the, the computer science part of it is it just really depends. Like, I don't know how these data structures are stored. I thought in previous mm-hmm. seasons, we saw technicians deleting singular memories from the hosts. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're trying to fuck them after hours, that kind of stuff, like it, they could go in there and like delete, you know, in, individual encounter logs and things. So like, I, I guess it would be possible to do that. Um, but we also saw in the season that Shaloris Charlotte was had a lot more control over the host than she than she exercised. Like she had some yeah, philosophical yeah. reasons and moral ethical reasons for not doing things like that. So it might be that she would find doing all that problematic. But then I don't know how she sees her way to creating uh, Christina. That yeah. seems completely immoral from from her perspective. That's uh-huh. one thing to do it to a human, but like your own kind, like from her. I don't see from her perspective how that was a just act. But she was also a plain reading crazy, like kind of psychotic. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um Doug L says, my question, is it not possible that New York City is a reconstructed park in the Nevada desert, potentially the park expansion product project that, uh, that uh, happens when Shaloris kills Caleb? If so, the car and a horse might have been enough to reach the Hoover Dam. Have they ever definitively said this is the real New York and I, and I missed it? And I do know they mentioned cities plural, but they could have also have parks, too, modeled after Los Angeles, Chicago, etc. Um, yeah, I... I think that's actually the most likely scenario. I just don't know why they didn't explicitly answer some of those questions when they refer to multiple cities to me. Why? Yeah. I mean, I guess from a host perspective, you might want to visit LA. You might want to visit San Francisco, Seattle and bring them all there. There, And that, that, but that makes me wonder like that diner, was that another park? Was that another like outworld outland Mad Max level that the host fucked around in. I mean, just another set of, of humans on loops. Like the flies are controlling that too. Cause we see one of those transmitters outside. Yeah. Building. So, and, and, 
like the 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 other thing that sucks is like, I don't think we'll ever get satisfying answers of these because there's no reason for them ever to come back and justify this world and its existence. Oh, right. Yeah. So like, I think they're going to get away with it. <laughs> there's all these open <laughs> questions, mean, and their world doesn't make sense. So yeah, if it, we watch I, season like, five, yes, they're going to get away with it. <laughs> There was so much email, people livid about the so-called jetpacking of like how the logistics of that. And I get it. But like, I think that Lisa could look with a smug look in her face and be like, oh, well, <laughs> we didn't tell you. But like all that shit's like 50 miles from each other, mm-hmm. you know, just far enough to get it out of the sight line, like like a Disney World park, you know, like right on the other sure. side of the Millennium Falcon. It's a small world. It's the same deal. But like kind of fuck you for not making that point if you're going to have things like the Hoover Dam and New York City and show guy one guy getting there on a horse and one guy getting there in a fucking quadcopter and yeah. blame the fans for asking questions. I don't know. Um, Oscar from Puerto Rico says, my question's a simple one. Doesn't probably doesn't have a simple answer. How is there a portal to the sublime in the real world? He's referring to the crack in the sky. Mm -hmm. To me, this makes no sense. The show's never hinted at there being anything supernatural in the real world. This makes me think that most or all of the last two episodes or maybe more of the season are taking place in a simulation or something resembling a simulation. Beginning of episode seven, Maeve and Bernard are clearly in a simulation because Bernard says as much. But after that, we never get clued in on when we return to the real world. No, that's not true. They definitely do the letterbox stuff. So how could he open a portal to the sublime in the real world? They can't just walk into a computer program from the real world unless there's some kind of virtual reality device involved. What's your guy's opinion? I think if I had to put a simple answer to it, I would say this is an AR overlay on the real world that only hosts can see. I don't know if you're a human and you walk up to this that you can see it. So in season, when this happened in season two, it turned out that there is this huge halo that's this magnetic resonance device that is literally ripping open this hole in reality. But that's where I go from. That's like, man, I don't know. It seems like your, your answer of it being a VR experience is what is, what does that mean? A halo that rips open a hole in reality. Like this isn't star Trek. This isn't like, Oh, there's a space-time anomaly that's tearing a hole in it, the fabric. It is of- kind of, yeah, like it's this magnetic resonance that like could make a. Vi- now I don't know why it looks like the Happy Valley on the other side. Like if it was just like mm-hmm. some kind of visual dis- distortion, but I I don't know. May- I think you're right. Maybe that's just how the hosts perceive it. Yeah, I don't remember anything about season two when it opened, other than like what was going on at just directly outside and all the hosts. Yeah. It's like they ran through the halo, got, they got their memory flashed over and their bodies tumbled over over the the edge of the side. And where that halo was, was this big rip in the sky. Um, and they said there was still a magnetic resonance thing warming up this time. So it's like, it's also possible that like, I don't know, Bernard just threw Maeve's pearl through that thing. And it sucked it in because it's capable of doing that. Magnetic resonance. Cause that, fuck with your brain to make you see something that isn't actually there um i mean yeah, i, I don't know it's, there's it, we'd have to ask like, an mri tech but i don't think so <laughs> right like the large large collide the different particle colliders like you'd think that would yeah degauss reality but 
I don't know. I it's don't weird, know. and it's it's like it's one of those things where it's just essentially magic. It's the same way the hosts work. Uh, we're never going to sure. get a real satisfying explanation. Uh, Tom from Baltimore says, "Hey guys, love your take on Westworld, uh, and I love when I hear my thoughts on a good and bad are in line with yours." I'm now writing because I've been confused, and I think you and the show have been confused about the word sentient. It's a biology teacher, so I have some interest in definitions of science. For years, I've heard you guys, blogs, and other shows talk about sentient hosts. When does AI become sentient? I always assumed that the non-science community used the term sentient to mean self-aware and conscious like humans. I'm sure the show has used the word sentient, but I don't remember ever hearing the show actually using the word to mean consciousness. Uh, so when Dolores said all sentient life on Earth is gone, I had to investigate if my understanding of the word sentient was wrong. I looked it up and confirmed what I thought that sentient means, which is able to feel. In biology, we talk about many orgas- orga- mm-hmm. organisms being sentient. Any organism that experiences pain, for example, is sentient, which extends to many organisms. But if, if you limit to self-aware organisms, there's evidence that primates other than humans are also self-aware. Maybe the show is using sentient in a colloquial way, meaning self-conscious, aware and feeling, which made me think, what do they think that sentient means or consciousness means? If all sentient life on Earth is gone, are there primates? Are all mammals gone? Is the Earth left with just plants and bacteria? Can a host be sentient without consciousness? Um, I'm wondering how you have defined sentient and what that means in terms of AI. I, I guess I define it the way like Star Trek does. When Picard talks about yeah. sentient life, it seems to be life that's not only aware, not only co- like like feeling and conscious and aware, but also like capable of some Reasoning. form of reciprocity of a social contract. Sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah, reasoning is, is what I what I really like would boil it down to yeah. in its, its highest level form. Like and in order to do that, you need things like being self-aware, being conscious, um, being able to feel you need all those things to reason correctly. And I feel yeah. like that is what I mean when I say it. But yeah. I am well aware that like there are various forms of this, this and other words that describe this phenomenon like sapient, sentient, uh, many other words and terms too. So yeah, that's what I mean when I say it. They they can be reasoned with or reason within their own minds. Yeah, and I feel like a philosopher would drive holes through my worldview here. Like they would really have me wriggling in the grip of crushing grip of reason with their like, oh, if you think that, then does that mean like, uh, you know, should a, a, a newborn baby be considered a conscious human being? And should uh like mm-hmm. we do this and like yeah it's like okay I, I see but but yeah i think when we're talking colloquialites i always think of a, like when data scans a planet and says there's no sentient life i don't think he means that there's no like animals that can't feel pain i think he means there's nobody down there the civilization it's yeah, chilling yeah. nobody totally. there's no tool use happening mm-hmm. um Chris from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania says, how many of us disregarded this rich asshole from season three, episode one? Uh, so this is, if you remember, there was a party that uh, Dolores went through where she did the fast change dress. There's this mm-hmm. rich tech bro saying, and he sent us a, a, you know, a couple images that had this guy at a, a, a bunch of quotes from him. Says, none of this is real. We're all living in a simulation. How fucking ironic would it be if they put a simulation within a simulation? That's a massive fuck you. Of course, Dolores then proceeds to give him the speech about the part of her brain that developed to believe in God and that people believe in the things that help them, which is exactly what she did this entire season by creating all of her friends to interact with. 
I wouldn't put past Nolan and Joy to hide this clue in plain sight. Everything we've seen on screen up to this point is a simulation and at times definitely a simulation within a simulation. This has to be part of the end game for the show. Convince me that I'm wrong. If you're saying that the last season is going to take place in a simulation, I think that's literally true. Well, he, I think what they're saying is that the first four have also taken place in a simulation. If that's the case, I'm going to say that they better have something really goddamn clever. Mm Hmm. Or I think this show might live on in infamy. That's that, here's my only way of convincing you mm-hmm. that you're wrong. That would really suck. <laughs> I think people would hate that ending, and I think they know that. I mean, like I said, that's that's flirting with Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. It was all yeah. a child's dream in a snow globe. Well, and that is globe. seen yeah, yeah. as like the epitome of hack. Uh huh. You know, like the the Dallas season, it was all just a dream. That is considered like in the if you write if you see in the like if you study writing, I'm sure that's studied like I don't know the fucking Bay of Pigs fiasco. Like it's just like a legendary thing. Like just it's just a complete failing of all kinds of like will and creative uh, power and all kinds of stuff. So like if they want to do that, that's fine. But like I think this show's legacy is very very different. And that, like yeah. I said, they could also have something so clever that I ha- I eat my words, but... Yeah, I mean, what if it's all a robot's dream? I mean, <laughs> come on, that hasn't been done. The stakes. They gotta have the stakes, man. They gotta be big and juicy T-bones <laughs> they're gonna be pulling this shit. Otherwise, Cypher's not gonna like them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, EP and SDCA. <laughs> Funny how that worked out. Uh, my question is this. When Dolores comes into the sublime, what authority does she have to make every consciousness there play her games? Why would she want? To, why would they want to? Sure, she can shape her own reality in the sublime or whatever she wants. There's no limit. She goes on to say, like, you know, why does this person, this person, this person? Mm-hmm. Um, do you understand that Dolores is going to commandeer the entire sublime to, to, to run her simulation? Nah, she's going to create a little park of her own inside the sublime is my assumption and you know teddy's might be there but it'll be a version of teddy that she's recreated from her memory like she did in the quote-unquote real world it's a damn power. shame akicha that wasn't there at the five thousand dollars suit to smoothly inform her like what all you know what's up here right you know she just right? she just gets loaded into a blank matrix construct uh yeah yeah i don't know yeah i because like i i want to say like well that's you know that's not what they're telling but like there's nothing on the text that says what EP is afraid of here is not literally what's happening. That sure. Dolores is coming in here with some kind of God code because Bernard gave it to her. Cause he's got the encryption key that is going to completely remake this and pull all of these people into their mm-hmm. reality. Like if God rebooted the garden of Eden, put us or all back it- there and see if we'd eat the tree. Like that's so yeah. fucked up, man. I think I mean, this could be part of Ford's plan. You know, everybody's talking about like, Oh, is Ford going to come back? I mean, Sure. If anybody could, you know, program something in where Dolores has a God code. Yeah. yeah. Or if Dolores just thinks real hard and remembers him. Sure. That's all it takes. Uh, John G's back. He says, I think you guys are, I think they couldn't do what you guys wanted and leave episode eight for next season because I think Tessa Thompson wants out of the show. Become a huge superstar since they hired her in 2015 for season one. Well, Evan Rachel Wood has been tweeting about the Westworld this whole time, including a fun Guess Who's Back Eminem video on Instagram. That was cute. Tessa hasn't made a peep about Westworld all season on her socials. So I think well, if she's HBO's too busy getting swole, 
to star Marvel in the next Swole. Marvel movie. She's Evan Rachel Wood doesn't have a Marvel contract. Of course, she's still tweeting about this show. Tessa well, Thompson's and, moved on to bigger, better things, man. And I think he's got the horse before the cart because his next sentence goes, this is all going to work fine because it's be the, the, the we'll be in the park the whole time and it won't involve having a Delos board. But I think it's the other way around. They knew that they didn't need Tessa Thompson. This was her last season. She has no reason to promote this. Why the fuck? You know, why would she go oh, above yeah, and beyond? Be. Like she did. I mean, it's not It's. I don't think it's acrimonious. She uh, mm-hmm. seemed like I have a hell of a time. And there is a lot of her in the bonus materials of this season. But like, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like none of the back office stuff in Westworld season one will be a thing. I don't think. Like, it's like the Westworld will be the real world. And they might test William and other people, but like there's not going to be a Bernard and Ellie and Ford and all that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Look, if all of the the sentient life on Earth is gone, I don't know why they would go back outside the sublime. Well, they have to. Someone has to maintain the sublime. But that's that's the other thing is like I have no confidence. They'll answer that question either. They might be like, well, we said it had we said it was maintenance free. We said it was maintenance free for 100 years. Well, you know. Yeah, we'll send a drone out. Whatever they they're not going to yeah. address it. Yeah, I, well, they'll just uh, we'll send a remote control drones. They'll just they'll do it all. It's like, yeah, you still I guess. Frankie out there, you got you got to go back out because like I don't, I just don't buy their thing of like, oh, sentient life's done, forget it. So, I don't know. Uh, as far as what they can do, John G continues in a sublime version of the park to make it interesting. I can think of many instead of all the interesting tangents to build off uh, ideas from season one where hosts are figuring out who they are and waking up inside the Mesa. We can start playing with hosts or humans waking up, maybe being able to control this whole world or move into their own worlds. We can get visits from other hosts and their own worlds within the sublime. These ancient beings acting as some sort of gods. Then of course, like you said, we can also start moving back into the real world again as host human evolutions. As I really like this idea where the host man in black says he's William. Uh, there is there's not some merging technologically or genetically. It's just at a certain point, the version is the same character. They're just a host now. And I hope they explore that more. Yeah, I mean, I think things can get really weird, but mm-hmm. I fortunately, I think it's going to be a Western morality play for the fate of the human species. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think we're right. going to see it's going to be less what dreams may come and more literally just Westworld season one without the human drama. Like it's going to be a temptate last temptation of William kind of thing. Yeah, I'm. And I mean, to go along with that, I feel like they need to tell me whether the humans are preserved or not. I think they need to tell me why or or what they think about the superiority of humans over hosts or sorry hosts over humans rather like are, are yeah. they gonna are, are they gonna show what is possible with those forms with that with that you know layer of being where you don't need a physical form really at all i don't know because i like to me that's part of it it's like part and parcel with the idea that we are evolving you know in our thinking it's also we're evolving in our form and that you take that out of it and i'm like okay well you've got half the equation here the other half of it is the upheaval the 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 just pure insanity that comes from like from our perspective that comes from being formless is Mm -hmm. important very Mm -hmm. important in my opinion yeah and that's the thing it's like i guess the in exact the way the season two's post-credit scenes excited me 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like season three's finale excited me. I'm unexcited by this one because instead of going further and further in expanse of what this show can be, it feels like it's going to contract back. And that's yeah. fine if they make some kind of interesting point. But I was really hoping for like, yeah, full transhumanism craziness. Because it seems necessary to talk yeah. about that stuff in the context of the story they're telling. Like somebody's going it, to do the story. Somebody's going to do a metamorphosis of prime intellect. And Absolutely. It, yeah. We need an adaptation of something like that to get to, you know, cause like nobody, Teddy, nobody really tells those Teddy's stories. Teddy's going to do that shit. I want to yeah. see a Teddy who's so far beyond recognizable <laughs> to Dolores. Yeah. That she no longer remembers who Teddy is. <laughs> She, she she deletes him from her memories just because she's so repulsed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jason L says, is it possible that the reason sublime is utopia for the host is because each of their consciousness who live inside it get to create their own worlds and universes of their own making. Hell Meaning yeah. each individual has no need to cooperate with or share the stage with any other individual in the sublime. No need to cooperate. No need to build a collective society. And could that mean that the show's thesis is that any human or host society that requires long-term broad cooperation is eventually doomed to fail because the Mm. tension of an ordered society versus each individual's desire for freedom? Possibly. Those are interesting questions. Yeah. Um, That that strikes at the heart of what I'm, what I'm talking about here, right? How they have to show some of that stuff in order to answer some of the questions that naturally occur from the change of form. Yeah. Like, so, like, I think to get to what you call the libertarian, you know, big L libertarian ideal of, like, mm-hmm. you know, never violating the non-aggression principle, that at a bare minimum, every conscious being has to be self-sufficient of all their needs to remain alive. Right? Sure. Sure. Because else, you know, you're always in a situation where, you know, someone could have something over you. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but to get to, like, to get to, like, a true anarchy... You would need like what you're suggesting here where everyone has their own universe because doing whatever the hell you want to do might necessarily trample on what someone else wants to do. So I think that's because like I like I keep on. We talked about the Ian M. Banks culture series, and that is um, a society where there is no want and people voluntarily collaborate together. And if things start sucking, they just pick up their ball and go to a new part of the universe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You can collaborate. No one can hold a gun to you because you can just always like go and say, I want, you know, I'm going to go find an uninhabited planet and just settle and do whatever the hell I want on it. But the other flip side is that is you can't eventually stop people from coming to the same planet. So then you'd have to, so yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I think, I think there is something to scarcity fucking with our ideals. Totally. I, there's that there's also um just the idea of fuck i can't remember the word autonomy um of having autonomy over your own body and mind that i think conflicts with the quote-unquote freedoms of other people too because Mm. you look at the man in black right and what he did with dolores and all the terrible heinous shit he did and i'm thinking like okay well, if you don't want to impede his freedom to do that stuff, how do you work around that without impeding Dolores' freedoms to not have that stuff done to her? Right. Do you spin off another copy? I don't think that solves the problem. Like, I, I could envision a computer system where, like, if something 
for somebody else wanted to do or about to affect somebody else, they spin off another copy of that consciousness. But then you're just creating a being who's going to have their own consciousness violated. It doesn't it doesn't actually solve that problem. Couldn't you create a copy that's not sin- that, that's not conscious? It's just a simulation. But what is the simulation William, the thing? Right, right. What if William's idea was not to necessarily violate uh, some unconscious copy of Dolores, but to do it, you know, it, there are a million different like scenarios. And I think all of them are incompatible with full personal autonomy and full freedom. I don't right. think you can ever have it. Even in, e- even in a world that is spun off as a different instance with nobody else in it for a single individual. Cause I think eventually that individual will want to interact with other people in ways that, are not compatible with the other person's freedom. Because yeah, even, even if you say, well, we'll simulate someone for you to murder, they'll be like, well, I right. don't want to say, I want to murder a real person. Cause I'm just not like, but sure. I don't want to play a video game. I want nah, this to have like, stakes, like this. Right? Because I think is, this is came up, up with her. This, we came up with this conversation with Aaron. I will say that this is like the vast, tiny major minority of people Absolutely. who would have this fucking problem. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe and then maybe a teacher that steps in and says, "Nah, you can't do that." Yeah, Sorry, you can't. Bro. You can't do that. Like that's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you just, just you just can't do it. And you know, I, I, they just wrap him in in virtual rubber so he can't hurt anybody. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I think these and that's again, I think that's super interesting to explore. But I don't totally. think we're going to get that. I think we're going to no. get uh, some kind of abstracted Westworld, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith based on what we got at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, this is the last of the question says after Hale gets shot in the head and puts a laser bandaid bandaid, a laser bandaid on, she comes back to life and tells the drones to make her stronger or better. And they break out the classic carbon fiber frame. Mm-hmm. That frame is so superior as it appears to be. Why don't all hosts use it at all times? Surely they can recreate them. If you are in a video game and you have high ranking armor anytime you want it and it doesn't slow you down, why would you ever choose not to wear it? That's a damn good question. Why can't they just make a ton more of these? My headcanon says it's not as sensuous as experience. Hmm. Okay. Like you right now, Tom, have access to amazing armor armor better than any fucking human being has ever had exposure to. Like you could go like you, you could get like, like probably full radiation level four bot. You're not wearing it right now. Why? Why? <laughs> Don't you have know, reason to? cause it's bulky. It's hot. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're not, if you wear that full, you know, uh, radiation, uh, biological chemical suit, you're not gonna be able to feel anything. It, I, I, my head cannon says it's a more sensual experience to be in a flesh and blood body. But that's just my head cannon because it's not like right. when Dolores was running around in her titanium endoskeleton, she ever said, you know, I just uh, my fingers aren't as sensitive or I just my my mind body connection just isn't there. Uh, I'm a little bit clumsier. I don't like yeah. they could have. They just didn't. So why don't they? Why don't they use a superior system? I don't know. Um, and they talk about it as upgrades. So. You know, the idea that a host would see that as an upgrade to be more robotic, less flesh-like makes a ton of sense. And so for all the hosts to not even ask, hey, do we have more of these things sitting around? Uh, is a little bit strange. I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I think that um, I, I think that the show is saying that these hosts that are in the real world are neurotic. 
like their fixation on the flesh yeah. is irrational uh, and 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 directly contrast that with the Keech's people in the sublime as being supremely rational. Yeah, it's, it's what William says, and, right? Like as he spent more time in that body, he became that person. And so he identified with that body. And it's interesting because like, why doesn't that work on Bernard slash Arnold? Is Arnold just mm-hmm. like an exceptional person where the longer he does something, the more empathetic and selfless he gets because... He seems to straddle that. He is a rational host that is impressed into a meat body, and it doesn't seem to make him a worse person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Okay, let's get to the savage critiques of the show, shall we? Uh, okay. If you like this show, you probably already turned us turn. We've already turned you off, but like uh, definitely the nothing but dragons uh, here on out. Uh, that is not a plug for House of the Dragon, but we're also having a hell of a time on that show. If you want to check it out, also on Bald Move Pulp. Anyway, uh, Marcus up first is I just can't defend the show anymore. I'm not rage quitting. And of course, I'll be excited when and if we get another season. But I have no passion for the story they're telling because I don't know what story they're telling. And I'm not even sure they do either. It's starting to remind me of dot, dot, dot. What do you think he's going to say, Jim? Uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Ding, ding, on, ding. Man. No. That's damning. No consistency in storytelling or world building. Little or no thought given to action. The rule of cool always winning out. I'm tired of giving them extra one way to get the story they really want to tell. Four seasons in, we're just on another loop filled with repetitive themes, bad dialogue, and some cool shit barely holding it all together. What a mm. shame. Damn. You know, that's the way I'm in. Like, I... If they had... If, the, if I was a banger, I would have turned into an evangelist. But after mm-hmm. it, I'm I, I'm not rage quitting either. I'm desperately curious to see where the show is going. And I'm really crossing my fingers that they can fix all this. But like, boy, I marched with that attitude right into about episode three of season eight of Game of Thrones. And I got kicked in the teeth for it. So yeah. I'm not going to be like, hell yeah, Westworld's back. I mean, do you, Matt, do you, do you guys, I, I guess... The, the the wet blanket I've seen thrown on this community, this community that had kind of rekindled itself. I'm not I've, I've rarely seen anything like it where like a whole community was just popping the fuck off. And then one episode just woof, snuffed it all out again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I know there's like people that do unironically like this show and people that have complicated feelings for the sure. show and people that like the idea of it looping. But I'm like, you got to understand that the vast majority of your brothers and sisters and, and those that lie between are not feeling it. And mm-hmm. that sucks, you know? It does. Uh, Christopher B says, I was asked why, does, or it was asked why doesn't the good place get as much shit for being up its own ass? I think I know why. Comedy, like you guys said, is part of it, sure. But I think it's because that on top of the philosophy and the big idea stuff, they also really focus on the characters. They focus on the core friend group more, their relationships, their past. You like the main cast. You can and do both. Granted, you can't compare the shows too much because they do different things. And I actually like Westworld more. But you can do the big ideas and the character stuff. It's why when they get to do the character interactions and relationships, the fans eat it up. People love the Stubbs and Bernard bromance because it was something they could grab onto. They like the Caleb and Maeve relationship, even when a lot was hinted at with off-screen stuff. I agree that... This is a weakness of Westworld, and it's entirely because of the type of story they're telling that they have to rely on these big archetypes. It's kind of different between DC and Marvel. 
like DC, you have Superman and Wonder Woman and like these like fucking gods. And Marvel, you have pimple faced teenagers. They're embarrassed of their own mutant powers and getting bullied mm-hmm. at school and they're repressed minorities. And like it's completely different ends of the spectrum. And uh, Westworld's dealing much more that DC archetypal, which can be cool. But, you know, it can also turn into kind of dark, depressing, stupid shit, too. Like, does it, in my opinion, the Zack Snyder stuff. So, yeah, no, I think that that kind of nails it. I love the characters in The Good Place. I do not care really about even a single character in Westworld. I'm more fascinated by what they're going to say about society and technology and that evolution of the both. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's really nobody I give a shit about in Westworld. Justin P asks what or Justin B rather. What was the point of Maeve? She did literally nothing of consequence in the end. Why did Bernard need to copy some of the humans? Why did the human outliers even need to exist outside of giving Aaron Paul something to do for the season? The show asks us to watch and pay attention carefully, but this finale has lost levels of bad if you watch it with a careful and critical eye. There may be two dozen plot holes or lazy shortcuts in this episode alone. This is going to be an excellent season of TV, and it's now completely ruined looking backwards. I don't think I can even bother with season five if it comes. I don't have an answer for this because Maeve was a weapon and I know it's important mm-hmm. because when the simulation without Maeve occurred, I think Bernard died right. in the daytime and things went bad. But when Maeve showed down with Hale, he was able to make it to the nighttime and things were good. But I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, um, we don't we don't know how her involvement was important. We just know that it was. And we only know that because Bernard has simulated the, the experience and whatever Bernard does is the correct move is the important thing to do. Yeah. And that is very dissatisfying to just it is. have to blindly trust. I feel like Stubbs. I'm blindly following this man who says he knows everything about the future. And if, if I try and question him, it's, it's pointless because yeah. He knows the future. Yeah, he just does. And yet he won't clue me in on it either. Because, right, because he can't. Because if he did, that would ruin the future. It would ruin the future, yeah. It's infuriating, especially as a viewer. Well, especially since we have to... I, it feels like the magic trick's only half over. They haven't had the reveal. Right. And also, they're kind of telling us that there never's going to be a reveal. <laughs> I know. I That's know. the it's problem like the, with the all of these things with his trick in the middle of it. And yeah. Moved and it's on like, without ever properly revealing. Yeah. And then, the and then we get to the end of the magic show and it's like, wait, what about that other trick you started and never finished? Right. No, they're, they're like, they, yeah, they get, are you going to bring her back? Come on, man. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to now swallow a sword. Look, the <laughs> right. lady's gone. She's just gone. Okay. <laughs> I made gone. her disappear. Don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, I apparently uh, copied and pasted someone's name wrong because I have Justin B for both of these. I am sorry for whoever's ideas I jacked and and gave him proper credit to Justin B. Uh, mm. So, but it, it's it's a thing that's happened. Uh, this episode just proved to me that the Internet Hive Mind is a superior storyteller to just about any other showrunners in existence. I absolutely love everything that you guys do, but after that nonsensical episode, I'm wary to ever get deeply into a show again. Don't look, man, just because your heart gets broken, that doesn't mean you can you can lock it in a box and never you got, you know, it's it's life's more fun if you get get out there and have some tumbles, man. Scrape your knee, bruise that old heart. You'll you'll be fine. (laughs) 
This is the million monkeys writing Shakespeare, right? I mean, of course, if you put every idea under the sun out there, one of those ideas is going to sound way better than anything they did. Uh, So, yeah, we are the million monkeys. (laughs) That's what they didn't tell us. There's only one path that will save humanity, but it's the dumbest, most boring path possible. All the exciting (laughs) paths that had good logical conclusions led to us all dying. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the path forward is just dumb. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very like Terry Pratchett thing to do. <laughs> it's like the it's like Kevin uh, in the bar, uh, the night lounge and in, in, uh, leftovers like this is just stupid. You know, well, yeah, yeah but do you want to go home, Kevin? Fucking sing, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Justin says things I can leave season four with uh, a partial memory of a snapshot of a person of a host is as good as the original. So there are zero stakes. To anything outside of the sublime, no longer having a working server farm. Marble destroyed. No worries. I remember you sort of. This is true. This is true. Uh, This is just true. There are the stakes now are is humans in some form of consciousness going to continue. There are no longer individual stakes on the show. Yes. And that's cool, but also kind of cold blooded storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to leave the people looking for characters uh good characterizations even colder also why is the next step in host evolution ascension not even interesting enough to explore for five minutes Mm -hmm. and we'll never explore it there's no signs that we will ever find out about that bipedal robot shit next that next season maybe they do maybe they do I, I think that if they don't like every these times when i'm be it sounds like i'm being charitable like well maybe they do or maybe they don't right right I do think that the more of those maybe they don'ts, the worse the show ends up being. Like they totally asked a whole lot of questions that it feels like they're just walking away from next season. Yeah, uh, but maybe I don't know. Maybe this Westworld show will be two or three episodes, and they'll get back outside and have some kind of Titanic conclusion in this whole thing. Uh, let's see. What do you think the Ford would make or feel about the quasi Dolores making out with her bicameral mind? Uh, <laughs> you know, I will say unironically that the first one of the the best paths to self improvement is self love. Yep. If you can yep. if you can actually learn to love a part of yourself and and keep that as a a coal that you can blow and kindle into a flame of self respect. Boy, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a much easier time conquering all of life's obstacles. So, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's cheering in like some kind of Freudian way. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what Freud would have to say about it. <laughs> all right eric says i'm slow it seems some humans aren't affected by the commands to kill each other how did they die off would homicidal humans live long enough to track down and kill the non-homicidal ones i think the show wants us to think that there are no non-homicidal humans left the keep people at the cafe are smashing each other with hot <laughs> coffee pots i mean there's definitely frankie i don't think she's homicidal there's okay uh, outliers outliers only everyone else is homicidal sure yeah, how many outliers are there? I mean, we only saw like six or seven, but that's a damn good question. There could What's be the hundreds? population of the thousands. fucking world? What's the percentage of outliers? How often right. do new outliers are created? How do they create new humans? Do they create new humans? We never saw kids or old people this season. We will never get answers to those questions, Jim. Do you, <laughs> we won't. Yeah. Uh, were the hosts commanded to kill each other too? Even the weird armless ones? How could the weird armless ones kill anything? I don't think the hosts were compelled to kill each other. It seems like they were aware that the humans were going haywire, but yeah. they were kind of all seeing themselves as on the same team. 
No, right. that that the um, the one who runs up to to growing boy milkman seemed very scared of the situation. Rebus. Not like gung ho right. about murdering. So right. Yeah. Uh, Martin says that was a series finale. Dolores ending monologue, Hale Stubbs, Man in Black, and every other major character dying or having a story neatly wrapped up. No clear idea of what another season would be beyond we are back in a park. We should admit the situation. And it's too bad. Westworld ultimately asked some really interesting and perhaps fundamentally unanswerable questions about the nature of consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. So, again, Joy's out there telling anyone who listen that this is not the final season. She hopes she gets another one. Yeah. But I do wonder how much of this weird ending was them hedging that bet. I think it was a big part of it. I mean, people have looked at the inconsistencies um, in those final scenes and said, hey, something is weird here. Some, there's more going on than we understand. But it's so subtle that people are also speculating, well, maybe they left it super subtle and unimportant so that they could close out in this final season if they needed to or close out this as a final season. And I, I think that's probably... I don't know. This stuff... It was also like filmed and finished a while ago, right? So right, I'm, it's before the Warner Brothers chaos. Yeah, but yeah. I could see them negotiating for season four, saying like, "Hey, there's got to be these many key performance metrics hit, or we probably mm-hmm. won't," and it being kind of marginal, maybe. And maybe talks, you know, for another season. Last season didn't go super well, and so they are yeah. like, "Ah, uh, well, you know, we'll do one more, but we'll have to see how it goes for the final one." Um, yeah. And so they're hedging their bets. Yeah, I could see it. And this is all kind of politicking. Like, it's uh, this feels like the expanse all over again, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's just a lot of uncertainty for fans out there. Bill from New Jersey says, um, hey, hey, too many wait, sh- hold, before we go uh, to Bill, HBO says no to a final season. Do you want sci fi to pick it up? <laughs> In the ultimate. Yeah, expanse fuck it. Why irony. not? Yeah. Why not? Or Amazon. Get Jeffy on the phone. Sure. Let him do it. Bill from New Jersey says, there's too many shortcuts that started to really hurt my suspension of disbelief. Did the uh, host in black mean to miss Holoris' plural? Is this another bad robot aim situation? Don't know, and there's no evidence that we will ever get an answer to that. It's just he fucking kind of forgot the aim's dead center of brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, The towers exploded. Long live the tower. Yep. Am I to believe that all sentient life left on Earth is three to four ascended nano iPods, seeing her girlfriend and the diner that interchanges pastrami with tuna on a whim? There's just not enough cleverness to pay off any of the fantastic setups from the season. I love the themes. I love the actors. I love the style and the music is top notch. But mm-hmm. the payoff and big speechifying that characterized the last three finales just wasn't there. And the story just sort of withered like pearl dust in the wind. I yeah. feel like the other finales saved the seasons and this is like the complete inverse The this finale kind of unraveled it. But otherwise I agree with your points. Um, James has from San Antonio has in addition to many, the same reasons, you know, here's the, his adding to the pile. Uh, Hale's hero turn felt disjointed. I don't see why she would want to do anything to save humankind. Seems to go against her entire character arc throughout the season. Also, she kept Dolores in a brain ball because why? that second question I think is harder to answer the first question I I've tried to give my POV on this a few times I think it's all about her world having crumbled before her eyes her world not having worked out and her way of things 
obviously resulting in much more strife for the the host than she could have predicted. So why yeah. not? And, and now that everything is is completely fucked in that world, and there's mm-hmm. no going back on that, why not try a different way? Why not try Bernard's way? Because they both want the same thing ultimately. Yeah. Um. Brian from North Carolina says, in addition to, like I said, this is the, his new new bone to pick. The lack of world building. When you claim to control the world, you have to show us some of that world. Westworld took the Star Wars route where the entire planet seemed to consist of one or two small locations, like all of Tatooine being essentially most Eisley. The problem is that when dealing with Earth, the audience knows there's more to the world than just Manhattan and the Hoover Dam. I'm imagining that after Demand and Black's final game, there's a lone survivor out there on every continent and every remote location on the planet. So don't tell me you control the world or all of life on Earth is extinct without some kind of development explanation. Guess there just wasn't enough time to develop little things that would have made the season better. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. Like you, you have this fascinating world, but you seem completely uninterested in exploring it or specifying any of the boundaries of it. You know, like where did Christina go when she saw that hospital? Like, seriously, where the fuck did she go? I mean, she must have gone to the real location. How? And it didn't match up with the story that she was telling about it. How? Yeah. How did she go there? And she got into an AR car. And that wasn't really there. Uh-huh. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. That's my assumption. I think we have a pretty good stock. There's a lot, there's a lot more, there's a lot more people, uh, again, expressing unhappiness, but a lot of the same themes. It's a real bummer guys. Um, man, everyone is really excited there. And I know, like I said, I I don't want to take away from people that are happy and satisfied, but like, boy, it's just one of those situations where it feels like game of Thrones season eight, where it's like, yeah, there's definitely people out there who were, whelmed or even above whelmed with the the finale and how things but it's just a vast majority of us feel especially feel like we're kind of long suffering we've been wanting this show mm-hmm. to be good and overlooking the bad and it's like man it just felt like everything was firing on all cylinders and so many balls not only got kicked the next season but like i got no guarantee that they're going to come back and back through this stuff and make any of this stuff make sense yeah. so and now when you're in a simulation, it's even more of a house of cards. It's like it's literally a test. It's an artificial constructed thing. It's mm-hmm. boy, I don't know. I've, I've always pushed back against the people saying, I don't get it. It's just all robots and simulations. Nothing really matters. But I feel like they finally beat me on that end. You know? Yeah. When they went so meta with it that there is no discussion about individuals. Yeah, yeah I think. That does change the nature of it, sure. Like, I'm caring about the concept of a rancher's daughter that wants to see the beauty of the world rather than a person. And that's Uh, rough. That's rough. Yeah. Anyway. Or like you said earlier, I'm caring about the concept of of humanity existing. Why do I care, I guess at this point, whether a human-host hybrid survives when humanity has been wiped out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Independence Day, which isn't the world's best movie, but I do love it. Imagine uh-huh. if that movie was uh, the entire, uh, the, everything takes place, uh, the globe fully takes up the screen, it's, you're that far away, you're from like lunar <laughs> orbit, and you're observing the invasion of Earth from there, and you see uh-huh. flashes of light, and you know millions of people are dying, and there's atomic bombs, it looks like a desperate struggle, 
But without the Will Smiths and the Jeff Goldblums and the mm-hmm. dogs jumping through the fire tunnels and the president's wife dying and the president giving a banger speech and like caring about the people, the Randy Quaid's of it all, who yep. gives a fuck? You're yep. just someone sitting at an extreme re- remove seeing shit happen. That, and and I, I feel like they've, they've finally got to where I'm no longer sentient. I'm no longer feeling. <laughs> I'm no longer conscious. But I, again, I don't hate the show. I will be back for season five. That's the thing. Uh, if, if at all possible, we will be back for season five. If, yeah. if for no other reason, just to see how this fucking thing ends. Sure. I'm super curious. Yeah, I'm not even saying it's because it's such a successful show and it does right. less traffic anymore. It's just, yeah, I would be, I would love to see how it ends. Uh, and there is an outside chance that it really ties everything up to in a bow, which boy, mm-hmm. I, I'll be the first one to cheer if it does. But uh, we'll see. Uh, keep your ears to the ground. We'll see if we get an official announcement in the next couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully we do. We'll see you guys in a couple of years. If not, uh, we have got a fantasy cornucopia. Mm-hmm. House of the Dragons already out. Had a great first episode. We'll see if it continues that through the, the, the season. And uh, next week, we get to take a look at uh, Amazon's answering shot. The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. We've got tons of great coverage on both of those things. And on the prestige side, we are running, uh, we're going to be running a bunch of classic movies, um, some old favorites, some anniversaries, uh, some, some Oscar winning and extremely popular films until we get a nice juicy piece of prestige television back. If you'd like to follow along with all of what Bald Move is doing, the best way to do that is at twitter.com slash baldmove. We post everything that we do there and keep everyone abreast. You can also join our Discord at discord.baldmove.com. Uh, we're building a nice little community there. Uh, we do a good job of segregating spoilers from non-spoilers if you're worried about that kind of thing. And it's, it's a friendly community to hang out. And finally, if you like what we're doing, you want to keep us podcasting about niche shows like Westworld. These small boutique science fiction shows. Uh, We could use your support at support.baldmove.com where you can get all kinds of cool stuff, ad-free feeds, exclusive premium bonus content. And hey, you keep Jim and I podcasting. Win-win. Thanks for sticking it out for the season with us. Hope things turn up from here. Uh, Until next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.